Chris Cuomo here. And hey, we're bringing you something a little different today. But it's something I think you're going to love. It's a brand new episode for my podcast with my brother, D. Lemon, The Handoff. Maybe you already watch us at night or maybe you're looking for something new. Either way, we've got a great discussion for you. So enjoy. Welcome, brothers and sisters, to the second season of The Handoff. I am Chris Cuomo, so lucky to be joined with... Uh, it's me, Don Lemon. He's not lucky, he's mad at me. If, he, if you knew what it took us, what we have to go through to record this, and today was all my fault because I screwed up the whole operation. So I apologize. So, But that doesn't mean the second season is going to be, you know, the way I started. I mean, it's going to be great. It's like raining on your wedding day, Chris. That's what I it think. It will only get better because the more that we just show people what they can get out of this, the more they're going to like it because there aren't many people in our business who do what we do, which is tell you the truth about ourselves and about dynamics. There is no artifice. And I think people are hungry for that, which takes me to the topic that I want to throw at Don Lemon here at the top, which is... So you're not telling me. Believe me. That you will be very comfortable with this. Uh, we talk about it all the time. It is the number one researched, the number one listened to, and the number one struggled with concept uh, in our lives here in America. And it is very simple. Happiness. Hmm. And whether or not people are happy. And if so, how do they define it? And how do they comprise it? So I put that to you, Don Lemon. Are you happy? Yes, I am happy. Am I always in a good mood? No, but that's two different things, right? I think How so? Well, because, uh, listen, your day-to-day mood is not necessarily always happy. Sometimes you're anxious about things. Sometimes you are uh, content. Sometimes you may be solemn. You may, you may even be sad about certain things. But I think happiness is an overall state of mind and state of being. So am I happy with my life? Yes. Am I happy with my career? Yes. Am I happy with my relationship and who I am? Yes. Would I trade my life for anything or anybody's? No, I would not. And so I think that is the form of happiness. That is what happiness is. So yes, I am happy. What about you? So I will take the other side. uh, And it also happens to be true which is I struggle with happiness. Now, part of this will be definitional. Why? What's happiness to me? Well, I, uh, like uh, many things, I probably overthink it, but I see it as a level of satisfaction with self and surroundings, not simple joy, uh, which means do you do things on a regular basis that make you feel good? Um, To me, it's something else. Um, For me, there are layers to what am I satisfied with in my life? My general disposition is dissatisfaction. The upside, incredible motivator. Um, keeps you humble, keeps you hungry. Downside, keeps you scared uh, and keeps you dissatisfied. And that can be a, a blessing and a curse. I think about it very often. What doesn't work for me is what worked very well for my parents' generation and Don's parents' generation, which was shame. How dare you look at your life and not be happy when you could be? And then fill in the blanks 
with all of the maladies and health problems and everything else that we know people suffer with all the time. That everything you've got in your life, all the advantages. Yes. I've heard that before. That doesn't work for me because all pain is personal and everything mm. is relative. Um, now, would I change with somebody else? No, because I know, as do all of us, once you become a grown up, everybody's got some suck in there. Everybody's got stuff that you don't know about, that you don't want to know about. So I'll stick with my own, but I would love to change a lot of things. Yeah. The actual definition is a state of being happy, joy, um, you know, an experience that makes you happy. As for, to me, happiness is, is more of an overall, as I said, and not just because there may be some things going on wrong or going on in your life, because that's always going to happen. Um, you know, I got <laughs> a note from a friend. <laughs> You're going to love me for this. And so will our podcast producers. It says, and I, I equate this with happiness. Life is like a penis. <laughs> sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down, but it won't be hard forever. <laughs> oh. ah, and it's true. So I do the same well, thing. I think overall, listen, we go through some things. So the the I, I would say the most um on edge I've been the most uh the times, if you want to call it unhappiness, but I wouldn't call it unhappiness. The most trouble and stress that I've had has been over the last five years, starting with the the Trump administration and the attacks on um, on uh, what we do and on us personally. And then that goes for both for me and for you, because I see the attacks for you and I don't like it. And I see the attacks for me and I don't like it. And my mom is concerned about my safety and my friends are as well. And, and I worry about you. So that part is not good. But um you know, we've both had recent deaths within the last five or six years or so in our lives of people who are very important to us. Those things aren't great, but we have the memories from those folks as well. Now, I don't want people to get me wrong because I do, and I, I should say I have suffered with depression and you can still have an overall state of happiness and well-being in your life and suffer from depression as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, but most people don't. And let's take another step down that road. Um, people often confuse depression for a mood. Um, no. Well, don't be. Suck it up, Don. You know, feel good. Look around at your life. That's like saying shake off a fever. Yeah. You can't shake it off. When you tell somebody, come on, man, life is good. It's not about willing yourself. It's not as simple as that. It's no more simple than if you had the flu and you say, all right, suck it up. Come on, we got to go fishing today. You'll like yeah. it once you get out there. Yeah, except you'll still have a fever and nine terrible symptoms. So that's something that we're still uh, learning to deal with. Uh, my uh, overall health is a part of my dissatisfaction and not just simple aging, but you pay the price for how you live your life. I have fought a lot. I did a lot of contact sports, still do. Uh, and I deal with that now. I see the emotional side as every bit as relevant. And I deal with it the same way. I go to a guy from my back. Don and I actually go to the same guy. And um, he helps me limit the pain and extent of spinal stenosis, the narrowing of my spine and the swelling of the discs around it. A lot of people have it. Not a big deal. 
I, I I'm suffering with it right now. I have the C5 and C6. I just had an MRI and a, and a shot and an epidural. So, you know, and so it's like, there's constant pain. <laughs> Does that take yes. away a little bit of, from the happiness quotient? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there's nothing like nerve pain to make you upset to the point, in fact, where it can be a catalyst to another health condition like depression. So I have been diagnosed with PTS uh, many years ago after, you know, probably just too much exposure to war and things that happened there. And I have dealt with, you know, mood issues and emotional issues during times of incredible stress and what becomes anxiety, what starts as anxiety, but then becomes, you know, just uh, emotional issues, right? As opposed to just straight fear, which is I'm scared. You know what you're scared of. There's a monster, there's a boogeyman, there's whatever it is. Um, so I go to a therapist because the people in my life who I care about and the relationships I need to manage would, were suffering otherwise, because, you know, you don't get to just be in a bad place alone when you have people in your life. So it's part of staying healthy. I recently um, started a different medication to help me with a period of acute stress. Uh, and actually knowing that that's real and dealing with it helps my happy. Yeah. Um, and physical exhaustion helps my happy. It's my, my biggest fear, you know, people fall into different categories. Some people are more afraid of the known than the unknown. Yeah. And some people are more afraid of the unknown than the known. I am only afraid of the unknown. I am fine with anything that is real and that I have to deal with. No matter yeah. what it is, I'll deal with it. It's all the things that I worry about that I don't know, that I can't control, that gets me, D-Lyman. Well, um, well, I'm glad you, you said that because the back thing certainly has, uh, as I said, cut into my happiness quotient. Um, I can me, see how you're sitting right now. Yeah, and because and, and, and the whole left side of my body, well, the whole upper left side of my, my arm, my shoulder, my neck, it uh, it's there's pain, but then there's also tingling and numbness. numbness. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've ever dealt with that. So oh, it's a weird, yeah. It's a weird, weird thing. So I, but I... I am so worried about, I don't have an addictive personality, but I am so worried about what is happening with painkillers and opiates and, and all those things that I don't take the medication, right? So I'll take a, you can, you know, I'll take a Tylenol, I'll take an ibuprofen, I'll take an Aleve or what have you, but I will suffer through the pain and try to manage the pain. And as I'm sitting at the anchor desk every night, trying to do my show and the boss is going, go one more hour. I'm like, oh, you have no idea. I am actually, Chris, sitting there sometimes doing mantras like, you know, there is no power. I feel good. The last, you know, everything is fine or whatever to get my mind off of the pain that is happening on the left side of my body. Um, do you stand up in the commercials? I do stand up in the commercial. I walk, I go to the bathroom. My producers think that I have the smallest bladder in the business, but I actually am standing up. I'll, I'll take that walk to the bathroom just to move my body and get my mind off of the pain. But also, I, quite honestly, I got to tell you, um, the, the depression and the stress. And I do believe that over the past five years, when you have constant attacks, especially from the high, highest office of the land, you got to have your head on a swivel when you walk down the street, you know what I'm saying? Oh, or, yeah. or when you're at home, that that causes a post-traumatic stress disorder. That is a PTSD within itself. So I think that what you both of I, both of us have dealt with over the last couple of years, I think it has caused post-traumatic stress disorder in 
both of us. And in many journalists, my friends who are not journalists will say, I don't know how you do it. Uh, my friends who are therapists will say, you have PTSD, Don, you don't even realize it. I think you and a lot of members of the media have PTSD and you don't even realize it. That was why you had the <sighs> sort of relief after the last election. And then the insurrection triggered it again. And then the denies on all these other things triggered it again. So I am actually changing. We're talking about medication. We're getting very honest here. My medication, because my medication wasn't supposed to cause weight gain. And I kept wondering, you kept calling me fatty. And I'm like, why am I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm exercising. Oh, you're not blaming me, are you? I'm still gaining weight. Not on that. I'm still gaining weight. And it was, it was the medication that I was on that wasn't supposed to make me gain weight. But in some people, it, 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 makes, it makes them gain also weight. Also drinking and eating and all that stuff. No, I didn't remember. I didn't drink during the entire pandemic. Oh, you were I, gaining weight during that? I was gaining weight during the pandemic. I was gaining weight now. Look, I haven't had a drink since... I think I had a drink on Saturday, maybe. I'm not drink. I'm not even drinking that much. My whole, um, it, my whole relationship with alcohol changed. I used to drink. Well, other people are drinking. I'll drink, right? And then now I'm like, nah, I don't really want it. A glass of wine with the with a steak is like amazing now, right? Um, and not that I ever had an issue. I never had an issue with alcohol, but um, you know, I had some fun a couple of weeks ago with friends and it was probably the most that I drank in a very, very long time. And it was weird because I was a lightweight. <laughs> like, That's one of the upsides, but look, medication. Can, <laughs> I think you remember absolutely. that. <laughs> absolutely. Or I don't. Um, the, you know, medication can absolutely uh, make that difference. And I feel that it definitely has helped. And this has also been evolutionary uh, for me because of the COVID. The COVID screwed me up and it, changed my passive breathing level, but not my VO2 max. So the engine still revs as high as it used to, but my idle is different. Just to use a metaphor, you know, my resting neutral is a little different and my memory is a little different. And emotionally, um, I'm a little bit kind of jacked up by it, I guess, for lack of any clinical understanding. And all of that is unknown. So what my doctors say is, look, I didn't have a baseline on you. You're 51 years old. Uh, you're, you know, in relatively uh, older than that. good shape. Um, <laughs> no, you didn't. And, but we can't really tell you. So we got to just take everything as it is right now and deal with it as it is. And I think that that has, it's just been a really hard, it's been a hard year, e even, um, in a, in a good way, when I was sick and when I was getting over being sick and helping long haulers and helping COVID people. Um, and you, you know, really couldn't be sick for the long haul. You could be sick for the time that you could barely get on the air. But then, listen, there are people who go months and months and months and months to deal with this. And yeah, so, and listen, I'm very sympathetic to that. And it's totally you couldn't legit, be sick because you were trying to help so many other people is what I'm saying. People are asking you questions. You got to put on a good face for them. You'll tell them, yeah, you know, it's whatever. But you're still putting on a good face for them. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm OK with that trade off, but it definitely is a little bit more taxing. And the lifestyle is. The, but all these are choices. You know, I didn't choose to get COVID, although I kind of did because I kept hanging out in those hospitals early on to have an advantage in, in perspective of understanding what was happening. Um, and I think that our culture, I really believe we are a weak people that are forcing hard times on ourselves. And 
there too, there's too much separation and not just in the obvious divisions. There are too many people who in the media and who absorb the media who say that they don't like things that they see in the media and in politics, but don't do anything about it yeah. and, and allow it to continue. And I don't see it getting better. I don't know that I have any ability to influence it. And there is a cost. Let me tell you this. Um, we're different in that you, you can be, you know, in my face and I will, I, you won't even exist. I can ignore, I can ignore, but this is Chris. And I talk about this all the time. I say, Chris, you got to stop responding to people. You got to stop caring what people think so much. But the thing about me and you and a few other people is that you have to realize people don't care about movies anymore, Chris. People don't care about, you know, records or songs or entertainment. You know what they care about? The people they see in their on their TVs every single day, like wallpaper. We are like, you know, what One Life to Live used to be. CNN is now the background that's on all day. And who's on all day and all night? And who's on CNN? Me and you. Everywhere I go, I love what you and Chris do. I love what you and Chris do. I love when you go at it. I love when you guys disagree. I love it when you agree. You're like brothers. So people are paying attention to us. Let's end on this as a as a difference. In and can we talk, before we go, can we talk about 9-11? Just That's what I was going to bring up. Okay, So 9-11 happens, okay? And this country is traumatized, okay? Yeah. People didn't like Rudy Giuliani. Uh, George W. Bush was getting killed by the media. He was a gas machine, uh, and he was seen generally as beneath the dignity of the office. What happens after 9-11? Common concern created collective will. And George Bush said, I'm going to go get him, or whatever he said. Rudy was strong. He was helping the first responders. We were holding everybody together. The city was quiet. The country was watching. And everybody was a New Yorker at that time because that was the place that was traumatized. Yep. I believe that as we mark 20 years, we didn't learn our lesson. Now, not only do we say never forget, it's not as simple as never forgetting 9-11. And look, don't get on some soapbox with me, okay? I was there that day, not you, Don, but I'm saying people who like believe they own the occasion. I was there. I watched the buildings fall. I lost a lot of people who mattered to me that day. It changed my life. It made me feel that we were screwed in a way that was existential. I got engaged 11 days later for that reason because I wanted to start living my life now. I didn't want to be one of these people I was talking to who had all these plans and then nothing ever happened because that person was now dead, okay? I got married two months after that. I always joke that Christina knew that this was gonna wear off, but the truth is there was just an urgency to our existence. I think if it happened today, God forbid, God forbid, God forbid, the first thing that this country would do would start fighting about whose fault it is. Whose fault Look it what is. Biden did. Right, oh, this right. is Trump. Yeah. And I don't even think we would come together over that. If we can't come and, together over this, if we can't come together over an epidemic or a pandemic that is killing us, if we can't come together over uh, ending a war, and I, you know, we can we can have these discussions, Chris, about well, you know, was the exit good? Was the exit bad? But ending a war, and whether we should be in that war, and and because of nine eleven, right? Partially because of nine eleven, we were there. If we can't even get over that, then that's my nothing, point. We are weak people who are making hard times. And part of that is just this complete toxicity 
that mm-hmm. you are right as long as someone else is wrong. You are mm-hmm. good as long as they are bad. And it cheapened our politics. It fed on the fact that it's a binary system. And it has destroyed a lot of the trust in media. And the media has helped that by flaming the wrong stories, by feeding cancel culture, by eating its own. And now cycles are tough to fix. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I think you're right about a lot of it. I think, you know, everyone, the media is the media is an easy target even for the media. Right. It's, it's always easy. I don't think that we should fall into that trap because we are human beings just like everyone else. And I know what you do. I know what I do and I know what CNN does. And I know we work hard every day to bring people the truth just because they don't want to hear it or because our institutions have been attacked um, by the powers that be for so long. And because people want to have their beliefs reinforced, it doesn't mean that what we do is not real. It doesn't mean that we are fake. It doesn't mean that we're lying to people. We don't. So I'm very proud of what we do. Are we perfect? No. Do we always get it right? No. But guess what we do if we don't? We tell you we didn't get it right. And so I will end by saying, um, when I was in, as you were in New York City dealing with that, I happened to be working at the local station in Philadelphia, trying to get to New York. This is before camera phones and all the technology, the Zooms and whatever. We didn't have that. And my friends were getting off Amtrak trains and um, Northeast Corridor trains because they would make just trying to get people to get out of New York City. And I'm crying as my friends are getting off those trains because they were alive. And so that's why I take every opportunity now to tell people I love that I love them. Like I tell you every night that I love you. So I'm happy that you're here. Yeah, we, I think we have a lot of correcting to do when it comes to the media, when it comes to us collectively as, as people. But I also think that we have a platform and an opportunity and a privilege that not many people do. And we should be careful with that. And um, I want you to recognize that people love you. They care about you. Chris Cuomo is not a victim. I am absolutely not a victim. Not a victim. Right about that. And so don't have the mindset that you're a victim and people are out to get you. Maybe they are, but they're not, they ain't going to catch you. But let them spin around and try to catch you because I got you. I'm going <laughs> to scoop you up because I love you, brother. And so, I love you too, Don Lemon. It's a great note to end on here. Our first episode of the second season. So nice. We're doing it twice. Thank you for listening <laughs> to The Handoff. I'm Chris Cuomo. And I'm Don Lemon. And I love you, brother. I love you, D-Lemon. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.